You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, hello, everybody. Here, here I am, Dr. Jeff Werber, here on this wonderful 4th of July. And uh, for many of you, hopefully you'll be able to listen in because you're not going to be at work. I'm not at work. I actually am here in my office just to do the show and also, of course, to check on my patients. But it's a great day here in Southern California. It's been really actually pretty cool. Anyway, I wanted to, first of all, let you know that you can get a hold of me here at 877-385-8882 on uh, Pet Life Radio, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and we're talking pets. That's why we're here. We know one of the things before we, oh, of course, I have to thank our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, and again, if you call in, all right, and if you get the nerve, the courage to give us a call here at Pet Life Radio, and you can also join us. And um, see if you can get into Google Hangout. We're trying something new because we want you to see us. We want to see you. And I'm here with Mark Winter from Pet Life Radio. Also uh, taking time on this July 4th to spend a half hour with us. And uh, you can join us. We'd like to hear from you. So if you have Google+, Plus, you know, see if you can click on and find us. Anyway, one of the things we, we started talking about last week, and I realized that uh, just a half hour goes so fast, is the dangers of the 4th of July. And, of course, you know, we love it and we want to hang with our pets. But some of the things that concern us, let's talk first the foods. So we're going to be barbecuing and we got the stuff grilling and we got the hot dogs and the hamburgers and whatever it is. And all the uh, accoutrements and the condiments and the desserts and the apple pie and the chocolate. And there's a lot there that could be dangerous and pose threats to our pets. So be careful. Too much fatty food is not good. Chocolate, of course, is not good. But one thing that that we see a lot of that I'm trying to really prevent and and guard against, and that is corn cobs. And of all the things we think about, as bad as some of these things are, a dog gets a hold of too much fat in the food, they get pancreatitis. Yes, we can treat it. Chocolate toxicity, it's got to be really bad. They got to eat a lot of it to be that toxic. And yes, we can treat it. But these are medical diseases, whereas a corn cob is a surgical disease. What happens is the diameter of that corn cob is just a little bit larger than the diameter of the small intestine in certain places, and the intestine can only stretch so much. So the dog will swallow that corn cob, and it'll make it into the stomach, and then it can leave the stomach into the duodenum, which is the first part of the small intestine, and somewhere as it's going through the jejunum, which is sort of the middle major part of the intestine, and finally into the ileum, And as it's approaching, the ileum gets narrow, and all of a sudden, you have a blockage. Now, not only is it a block, but what happens is the corn cob puts so much pressure on the wall of that intestine, it starts to block off the blood supply to the actual intestine. And so what happens is we have a necrotic dying piece of intestine that will often rupture and we will have oozing, leaking in the intestine, setting up a major problem called peritonitis. So we have to make sure that animals stay away from these corn cobs to avoid that blockage and ultimate intestinal perforation. Well, the problem is they do like those corn cobs. And like many dogs, as we know, including my own, 
they will swallow faster than chew. So they don't successfully break up the corn cob. Now, interestingly, we had one this week. We had a, a French bulldog, really an adorable dog, and she did get a hold of a corn cob, and she chewed it. But one of the pieces lodged in the pylorus, which is the part of the stomach that leads into the small intestine. So she couldn't pass anything. So everything she would eat, she would vomit, and it wouldn't go one way or the other. It was lodged, and therefore we ended up having to do surgery to go in and pull out that piece of corn cob. And man, this corn cob was black. It already started to get necrotic. The tissue was looking ugly. So really, I can't stress enough the importance of when you're throwing stuff away and that great barbecue, don't ruin your fun and your good time by having a dog get really sick. So throw that stuff away. Definitely important. So let's talk about fireworks. You know, we mentioned last week, I think we're not giving you enough time to learn how to desensitize your dog. We talked about the sound effects tape. So for now, make sure your dog is wearing identification. Keep them indoors. Try and make sure they don't bolt out. They may try. And maybe put them in a room with their favorite toys and then maybe a little treat. And put on some music. Put on the TV, something that might just kind of block out some of the sounds of the fireworks. And don't over-coddle your dogs. Because what you do is when you do that is they end up being reinforced for that fearful behavior. So they're going to do it even more. You know, don't be mean to them, but just kind of let them be in the room. Let them do their own thing. Give them some food. Put on the music. Put on the TV. And leave them alone. Don't pay too much attention. Sometimes with dogs, they'll act out and do what's what we call attention-getting behavior because they see that they're getting attention, even though the behavior is a bad behavior. So uh, you want to be careful. Let's see. Cats, uh, they're, they're tough. You know, if you have an outdoor cat, they're smart enough. They'll find a place to hide. But uh, typically, my cats, all six of them are indoors. They don't seem to be too bothered by it. They chill They, they chill with each other. But it's nice to go up and enjoy the, the fireworks. Just make sure your pets are safe. And Oh, and the reason for the ID, and even, even identification for an indoor cat, say, is that is that if they do freak out and someone leaves the door open, people are coming or going, or they can break through a window. I mean, my dogs just the other day broke through a screen door, not because they were worried about fireworks. They could care less. But they saw the pool. <laughs> and I have five dogs, but three of them are major swimmers. And uh, even my Frenchies go in the pool, not willingly. They usually fall in, but they know how to find the steps. So uh, anyway, I would like to hear from you. Plus, if you give us a call, we're going to send you out a ProSense product of your liking. So, And it's free. So uh, give us a call at 877-385-8882 because I want to know any uh, problems you've been having with 4th of July or just any other question you want to give us a question. I mean, give us a call. We'll answer your question online, live, because we are here at Pet Life Radio, the only live broadcast where you get to ask me questions. And I hopefully get to answer them. Come on, I am spending my 4th of July inside, on Skype, on Google+, talking to you on Pet Life Radio. So make it worth my while and at least answer some questions. All right? So uh, anyway, while you're um, getting the courage, I wanted to uh, you know, talk about we had some, some things going on skin-wise with this time of year. And it's probably the number one problem I see this time of year are going to be allergies. And dogs that manifest allergic disease, usually inhaled allergies or flea allergies, or sometimes even food allergies, are all skin-related. 
In other words, when a person has a food hypersensitivity, what do they do? They have gastrointestinal signs. When a person inhales an allergen like a pollen, hay fever, they have respiratory signs. But when it comes to animals, our dogs especially, whether it's flea, whether it's pollen, whether it's, uh, it's going to be from the dew foods, it's going to be all skin. Typically, though dogs haven't read the book, the skin problems in the lower back, that means the base of the tail, the rump area, those are flea-related. If the problems are inside the groin, on the abdomen, the backs of the thighs, you got to think inhaled allergens. And if the dogs are going nuts over their feet, uh, sometimes rubbing their faces, sometimes even ears, think food allergy. Now, of course, any dog is allergic to one thing, may be allergic to other things, and there are boundaries, and these boundaries are crossed. But typically, well, at least we have an idea. Now, cats, on the other hand, they suffer from something called miliary dermatitis. And regardless of the source of the allergy, whether it's flea, whether it's pollens, whether it's environmental, whether it's food, whatever it is, they're going to get these lesions almost anywhere in the body. So there's no rhyme or reason. Unfortunately, they don't give us any help to determine what the source of the allergy might be based on the location of the clinical signs. So cats kind of make it more of a diagnostic challenge. Now, first treatment, one of the complicators of allergy are going to be bacterial allergic, or should I say bacterial skin disease, and we call this pyoderma, and pyoderma in dogs is usually not primary. I mean, it, it could be, but it's usually not. So when we see pyoderma in a dog, that's skin infection, pustules, erythema, scabs, it sores, we always look for primary cause, and typically this time of year, that primary cause is going to be allergic skin disease. But if we don't treat the pyoderma, we're going to be unsuccessful in treating the skin disease. And because there are no specific anti-allergy drugs for skin just yet, we have to work with the immune system. Either we're trying to suppress the symptoms, the signs, the scratching, the irritation, the actual reaction. We do that with using corticosteroids, which a lot of us don't like to use. Or we actually suppress the entire immune system with medication, for example, called cyclosporine. But again, we don't have a specific anti-allergy drug, though there is one on the horizon, and we're hoping to see it maybe in January. It's about all I can tell you. But it is, let's put it this way, the histamine of human allergy, which is the cellular mediator, which is mediating the allergic response in people, thus allowing us to use antihistamines to combat the allergic reaction. We are A drug will be introduced soon enough that has, is going to actually attack the canine allergic response at the cellular level. So we won't need steroids. We won't need to suppress the entire immune system. We can actually block the mediator responsible for the allergic skin disease. I think that's really cool because, uh, and that's, uh, as I said, we're hoping to hear something about this come January. Now, so it's important as we treat these animals to try to minimize or remove the offending allergen. If that offending allergen is a flea, then we want to take care of the fleas. If the offending allergen is pollens, ah, now we're, now we're in trouble. We can't put your dog in a plastic bubble. So we need to maybe consider trying to desensitize. But in order to desensitize, we first have to identify what those offending allergens are. Now when it comes to foods, oh my God, however difficult it is to identify the pollens, when it comes to foods, it's even worse. And to try to do it this time of year, when you're not sure whether the problem is food, or pollen, because sometimes there's overlap, uh, you might be going through a lot of hard work and unsuccessfully if we don't try to identify 
or minimize the, the seasonal allergens first. In fact, what I recommend doing, and we'll get back to it when we come back from our break, uh, we're going to take a quick break and a commercial break, word from our sponsor, ProSense Pet Products, the products that are available to you, veterinary manufactured, quality, endorsed, yet available to you at the mass market level. You can find it at Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and price right. You have no excuse not to buy something for your pet to enhance their health and quality of life. So we'll be right back on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio in just a minute. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Your dog digs a hole under your fence, and the next thing you know... Protect your pets with Dig Defense, the amazing new product that keeps your pets in the yard. Dig Defense is safe, fast, and easy. Each unit is made from 4-gauge galvanized American steel and can be used for repairing digouts, filling gaps, or to hold fences down so pets can't get under them. Dig Defense provides peace of mind that your pets are contained humanely and safely. Visit digdefense.com today. D-I-G-D-E-F-E-N-C-E.com. Are you crazy about cats? If so, check out The World is Your Litter Box, Deluxe Edition. This clever how-to manual for cats, written by a cat named Quasi, contains more laughs than should be allowable in one book, and is poignantly underscored by the combative yet loving relationship between Quasi and his human. The World is Your Litter Box, Deluxe Edition, is guaranteed to have you laughing your tail off. So, treat yourself to a copy today. Available from Amazon. Dog Shelter Blues, the new novel by Mark Conkling. This hard-hitting story lights up the world of animal rescue with engaging characters and their pets. Struggling with their own internal demons as they attempt to rescue innocent creatures that sometimes bring a mysterious transforming power to broken lives. Read the first chapter of Dog Shelter Blues free at dogshelterblues.com. Then come along a breathtaking journey that ends with an astonishing triumph of good over evil. Order your copy of Dog Shelter Blues today. Available at amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet 
Well, welcome back to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber, here with you for like another, oh, maybe 13 or 14 minutes on this wonderful 4th of July. And we are talking pet allergies. It's something that we see this time of year very frequently. And we are still waiting to hear from you at 877-385-8882. Or you can actually send me a little note to Dr. Jeff at drjeff at petliferadio.com. Or if you go online, if you're watching us or listening to us right now, just start typing away and we'll, uh, we'll get to you. So we were talking about skin allergies and the overlap, especially in dogs, and that when it comes to food allergies, which are very difficult to diagnose, this time of year makes it more difficult because of the common allergens we see creating problems in dogs. So if you start what's called the dietary elimination now, it might be unsuccessful because of the pollen and environmental allergens that we're seeing. So I think that what I recommend to my clients for my patients is if we're going to suspect food allergy, I want to wait before doing an elimination till like maybe September, October, all right? Because by that point, a lot of the season allergies will be over. And if the pet is still exhibiting signs, as they said, chewing at the feet real badly, rubbing at the ears, ear infections, rubbing the mouth. So now I think, you know what? Maybe food allergies are possible. But uh, to do, to really identify allergens, you need to either see a veterinarian or see a veterinary dermatologist. And they will either do a blood test or skin scratch testing. Some of the newer blood tests are very effective, uh, very specific, and successful in identifying allergens. So what we do is we can do a blood test, and they can do is like what we call uh, seasonal screens. They can do regionalized screens. So if you live, for example, in Southern California, as I do, they have all the pollens and the weeds and the molds that are typical of Southern California. And so they start testing and to identify which dogs seem to be exhibiting more of a response to these diseases and then or these conditions, these allergens, I should say, and therefore would have a lot of allergies. Once the determination is made as to what the allergens are, whether it's household allergens like, like wool, cotton, capex, tobacco smoke, cat dog dander, interestingly, yes, your dog could be allergic to cat, molds, house dust, house dust mites. So all these things would be uh, potential allergens in the house. Feathers and pillow, I mean, just like people are. It's insane. And then certainly all the trees, weeds, and pollens, insects, bees, and wasps, and of course the foods. So once the determination is made, when it comes to the inhaled allergens or the insect allergens or the molds, your veterinarian can have a solution made up of specific antigens delivered in very small amounts at first, either by injection or actually sublingually. Now there are kits that will have sublingual antigen that you give at home every day and gradually increasing the concentration to slowly build up the body's own resistance to these allergens. So it's fascinating. It's just like, a, you know, when you were a kid, I'm sure many of you had allergy shots. I used to get allergy shots. I used to go into the doctor and, 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 you know, first it was frequent and then became a little less frequent. And it's the same thing. If you're going to do the injections, you start out with injections every other day, typically, and then you start going to quite a couple of times a week and then once a week and then every other week. And then finally, when you get to maintenance, you're using a much stronger solution, but you're only getting the shots every four to six weeks. And in this way, we actually can enhance and build up the body's own immunity to these allergens. And I would say all in all, I've seen probably close to 80%, maybe 75% success in either completely eradicating the allergies, more likely minimizing them to the point where the dog needs less antibiotics, is scratching less, is irritating themselves much less than they have in the past. When it comes to food, 
food, once uh, food determination is made, and this is, as I said, this is done through a, what we call a food elimination, and either starting with what we call a novel protein diet. This is a diet that has a protein source and a carbohydrate source that your pet has probably never seen. And the importance of that is that even if in time they might be allergic to this protein or this carbohydrate, it takes a while to build up the allergy. So if you start something, for example, bison or rabbit or venison, the more common allergens nowadays are beef, lamb, and poultry because almost every single food has those. So we need to find something that the dog has probably never seen. Now I know, like fish, salmon, and potato, or venison and green pea, or rabbit and, and, and green pea. So once you have these novel proteins, or there are also some hydrolyzed protein diets, diets that don't even have whole proteins in them. So the body can't treat it as an allergen because it has no protein at all. And it's bits and pieces, it's parts of the protein. So the nutritional value is there, but nothing that the body is going to react to. Those are called very strictly non-allergenic diets. And if you are very strict in a six to eight week course of feeding either this non-allergenic diet or at least a novel protein diet, assuming your pet's not allergic to the one protein you chose for the non-allergenic or the, hypo, the hydrolyzed protein or the um, novel protein diet, then your dog will improve. And if it does, then you know that it was food allergy. If it doesn't, either you cheated Either by the dog got a hold of or has been getting a hold of something that he or she is allergic to and you just didn't know they were eating it. A treat that you were giving or a chew toy that you thought was safe but wasn't, all right? Or the novel protein that you chose, interestingly, or and sadly, the dog is allergic to that too. But if you were really strict, and I mean really strict, and during the course of the six to eight week trial, you fed nothing else other than that and the pet was not allergic to whatever that protein and carbohydrate are, then you will see an improvement. At this point, what you want to start doing is gradually, one protein at a time, start introducing some new proteins. Try, if it was uh, venison that worked successfully, try adding some lamb, all right? So try maybe a, a poultry, maybe fish. Ideally, great to try a few things that will give your dog a little bit of selection, a little bit of a variety. But when you feed or if you try something and within a day or two, the dog is going at its feet or rubbing his ears or face again, stop it immediately. You don't have to do another six weeks. Just know that cross that off your list. That's not a good protein or carb to feed your dog. If you're, when you're doing the test, try to add one at a time as well because I think that will help identify. So then you can make your own list of carbs, proteins, ingredients that your dog seems to do well on. It seems like proteins are the most allergenic. So um, that's uh, where we seem to have the most what we call antigenicity when it comes to proteins. So be careful when you are going to a pet store and looking for that novel food or that allergy or anti-allergy because if you look at those ingredients, they are typically more than one potential protein source that could be causing problems in your pet. So when you're getting to the point of finally giving in and saying, you know what, I got to do this for my poor guy because he's scratching or she's scratching like crazy, I recommend you work with your veterinarian. Because I don't know of, of many over-the-counter foods, and I mean non-prescription diets that are truly, truly hypoallergenic or truly hydrolyzed protein other than that available from your veterinarian. If you find one, that's great. But even still, I would just check with your veterinarian or a veterinary dermatologist to make sure that's okay. But anyway, once we have all this stuff done, now we can successfully start to ease the symptoms of allergy. And as I said, come January, keep in touch with your veterinarian. There's a really good chance that we're going to have something new out there that's going to help. 
So I would like to hear from you. Send me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com. That's drjeff at petliferadio.com or drjeff at drjeff.com. Or come here, don't be bashful, and uh, you can even ask us a question here online. But we want to hear from you. I want to hear if you've had any problems with allergies, pet allergies, and of course, 4th of July. In fact, next week, next Thursday, no excuses. If you want some free ProSense product, give us a call here at 877-385-8882. We'll send something out to you. But I want to hear how 4th of July went for you and uh, whether your pets survived or whether your pets didn't do, didn't fare as well as I would like. Any other questions you want to hear? Any? Uh, and again, for those of you that might be a little shy, I don't know why you're shy because there's nothing to be shy about. It's just me and you. We don't have a zillion million people watching and they don't know who you are anyway. Give me a fake name, but uh, at least we can hear from you and uh, answer some of your questions. So anyway, as I look outside, I'm sitting here in my office and there's a, a great window and I'm seeing some blue skies and a nice breeze and just under 80 degrees. I want to thank you for tuning in and uh, joining me on this 4th of July weekend and I uh, want to hear from you next week. So I'll be here next Thursday at 1 o'clock Western or I should say Pacific time, 4 o'clock Eastern. And um, uh, you're going to get, want to thank ProSense Pet Products. And Walmart, Target, Walgreens, all those fun places, good places where you can find ProSense. Have a great fourth. We'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLightRadio.com.